0: Someone may be watching you, there is no place you can hide. Standing in the dark corner of your hallway or peeking in your windows at night, she is watching and waiting, taking note of your habits and your favorite places to play. She knows where you are going and when you will be there and most important, she knows when you will be alone. Something about you fascinates her, intrigues her, drives her to obsession. You are marked with a sign that you cannot see and soon you will be her possession. Welcome to Freaky Folklore the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. As sometimes happens, we must change our episode lineup to accommodate our listeners. This week we're discussing Hachi Shakusama, the eight-foot-tall lady, a Japanese urban legend that preys on children. This show is part of the EerieCast podcast network Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave us an honest review on iTunes too. The more we get, the more we grow and hopefully the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. My mother passed away exactly one year ago today. I can still remember her sweet, soft voice as she sang a quiet lullaby to me and my younger sister. The unfortunate event that happened exactly a year ago still sits heavily on my shoulders, like buckets of water that keep growing larger with each drop. A large bus is what took our loving mother away from us in a tragic accident. Even though she's gone, I sometimes still hear her voice call out to me from the forest where we used to play. My family lives in a small house in the middle of nowhere in Japan, far away from the city, so my father can have the peace and quiet to write his books. Since my mother passed away, it's now just me, my six-year-old sister, and my father. We live in a small village where our closest neighbors are about 10 minutes away by foot. We moved here last year right before mother died. Originally, we had lived in the city, But due to my father's career as an author, he needed a more peaceful setting to write. The property is surrounded by beautiful tall trees and grass as tall as my sister. There is a small dirt trail that leads to the road that eventually takes you to town where the grocery store is. Behind the house is a large backyard with a smaller tree where a swing hangs on a stable branch. That is my favorite spot to have time alone for myself, to get lost in my thoughts. Even as I think about this now, I sat on this old swing by myself. Even now, as I sat in this swing, my mother's voice calls out to me from the woods. Before she passed, she'd play hide-and-seek with me and my sister in those woods. It was a short amount of time, but those memories will stay in a special place in my heart forever. I can still hear her say, My sweet boy, Mama loves you. I never heard her voice again right after she died. Only recently had I started hearing her. Sometimes she'll sing to me outside my window at night before I go to sleep. Other times she calls my name while I play outside with my sister though my sister never does hear her like I can. Just yesterday, I had thought I saw her standing behind a tree watching me as I helped my father hang clothes out on the clothesline. I pointed over to her and shouted for my father to look, but once I turned my head back, she was gone. Father scolded me for making that kind of joke, but I swore to him that it was true. It was true. I saw her yesterday. Tomorrow is my 11th birthday and I have a good feeling that my mother will come to visit me again. I wake up suddenly sometime past midnight and I can hear her. Mother singing outside. That's strange. She usually only sang to me before I went to sleep. Something isn't right. Her voice sounds different than usual. It is definitely my mother's voice, but something about it fills my stomach with dread. I shivered as I slipped out from under the covers, backing away slowly from the window. Something really wasn't right. I need to wake father. Speeding quietly to my father's room, I hear the singing stop abruptly and the air outside and around me gets eerily quiet. I begin to tremble in fear at the tense atmosphere. Suddenly I'm beginning to believe that whatever has been watching me wasn't my mother. I rested my hand on the doorknob to my father's bedroom door and slowly creaked it open. My father's lying in his bed, snoring obnoxiously loud. I find this strange, as I didn't even hear him moments ago when I stood in the hallway. I stepped inside his room and jumped at how loud his snores were. The quietness was gone, but the dread was still there. Suddenly I felt like I was being watched. I looked towards my dad's window, nothing, towards his closet. Nothing. But once I turned back around and looked at the opened bedroom door, I fell back onto the ground in horror. In the doorway stood a tall woman hunched over. She wore a long white dress with a white casa and no shoes. She had long black hair that covered her face as she hunched her long body over to fit through the doorway to peek in at me she gives me a stomach turning grin and her distorted voice lets out a low unsettling laugh the sound of her horrifying laughter shakes my soul as i squeeze my eyes shut and begin to scream i hear my father shouting at me and asking me what's wrong as he begins to shake me by the shoulders repeatedly to snap me back to reality. But instead, I fall into a state of unconsciousness.
1: This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters, murder, mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. on iOS and Android.
0: Hachi Shaku-sama is a chilling urban legend of a woman who kidnaps children. Her name means eight feet tall lady. If you break it down, Hachi means eight. Shaku refers to an ancient Japanese measurement unit and Sama means miss or lady. In almost every description, she wears a long white dress and a white kasa, which is an umbrella-like hat. She has long flowing black hair that most often hides her face. Along with her inhuman height, she is also described as having unusually long arms and legs. She also makes a sound in a masculine voice that lets you know when she is near. Hachi sama is often referred to as the Japanese version of Slender Man, due not only to her tall willowy description, but to the fact that she has a chilling obsession with children. The specter is said to have the ability to disguise herself as relatives of the child, to deceive them and to allow her to get close. If she takes a liking to a child, they will be doomed and destined to be taken vanishing forever in just a few short days. No one knows what she does with the children once she takes them, but it is believed that she feeds off the essence of their souls. One thing is for sure, and that is that when she takes a child, they are gone forever. Once Hachi Shakusama sets her sights on a child, that child will forever be in danger, Moving away from Japan to avoid her may keep the child safe, but if they ever return, even as an adult, Hachishaku-sama will be waiting for them. There is one claimed way to escape her altogether if you follow a few complex steps. These steps are often described in a story, often told about a boy who visited his grandparents in Japan and became a fixation for Hachishaku-sama. The boy's grandparents lived in a small village in a house with a big backyard where he loved to play. He was only 8 years old when his parents flew to Japan and left him with his grandparents while they went on a trip for some time alone. One day he was playing in the backyard while his grandparents were in the house. It was a hot summer day, so he laid down on the cool grass to rest. While staring up at the clouds, enjoying the soft rays of the sun and the warm summer breeze, he heard a strange sound.
2: Po, po 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 po.
0: Looking around to locate where the sound was coming from, he saw a straw hat that seemed to be resting on the top of the hedges. But then he saw it move. It was then that he realized someone was wearing the hat. There was no way that anyone could be tall enough for their hat to reach above the tall hedges. The hat began to move and stopped at a small gap between the hedges, and that is when he could see her face peering through. The boy, perplexed, went back into the house and told his grandparents what he had saw. They didn't pay his story much attention until he mentioned the sound. His grandparents' eyes grew wide. His grandmother stifled a scream with her hand and his grandfather grabbed him by the arm and pulled him to him. He began to ask him many questions. How tall was she? Where was she standing? When did this happen? Did she see you? After the boy answered the questions, his grandfather rushed out into the hallway and made a phone call. The boy couldn't hear what his grandfather was saying, but he could tell that his grandmother was trembling. A short time later, his grandfather returned and told them that he had to go out for a while. He told his wife not to take her eyes off the boy for even a second. The boy was scared, and as his grandfather was leaving, he asked, What is going on, Grandpa? The grandfather looked at his grandson with sad eyes and told him, The Hachishaku-sama has taken a liking to you. His grandmother first reassured him not to worry because his grandfather would do something to keep him safe. Then she began to tell him of the eight-foot-tall woman that had been haunting the area while hunting for children. She explains to him that a long time ago the ghost was captured by monks and they confined it to a ruined building on the outskirts of their village. They had managed to trap it inside four religious statues called jizos that they placed north, south, east, and west of the ruins. It was not supposed to be able to move from there, but someone had broken one of the statues and Hachishaku-sama had escaped. The story seemed crazy and was hard for the boy to believe until his grandfather returned with a woman. She introduced herself as Kaysan. She handed the boy a parchment and told him to hold it. Kaysan and the boy's grandfather went upstairs and returned sometime later, taking the boy back upstairs to his room where he discovered that the windows had been covered with newspapers with ancient runes drawn on them. They had placed a bowl of salt in each corner of the room. In the center of the room was a small Buddha figure on a small wooden box. There was also a bright bucket, and when the boy asked what the bucket was for, they explained that it was for him to relieve himself, because he could not leave the room until the next morning at 7 a.m. Khe set the boy down on the bed and urged him to listen carefully. This is what she told him. Soon the sun will be setting, so listen to what I say. You must stay in this room until tomorrow morning. You must not come out under any circumstances until seven o'clock, no matter what you hear. Your grandmother and grandfather will not call to you until then. Remember, do not leave the room for any reason until then. She spoke in a grave tone as the boy listened quietly. His grandfather told him afterwards, You must follow Kayson's instructions to the letter, and never let go of the parchment she gave you. If anything happens, pray to Buddha, and make sure to lock the door when we leave. The boy followed the instructions throughout the night. At one point, he heard his grandparents at the door, telling him that if he was scared, he could come out. He heard sama making her eerie po-po sounds outside his windows as she searched for ways to get in. At one point, she even tapped on the window. By sunrise, the salt in all four bowls had turned completely black but the room had gone silent. The tapping and the other sounds had stopped. At 7.30 a.m., the boy opened the door to find his grandparents, K-San, and his parents waiting for him. They were overjoyed that he had survived the night. Thanks to his grandfather, K-San, and the continuous prayers of everyone involved, she never got in. There is more to the story as Hachishaku-sama didn't give up so easily, but with the protection of the parchment and continuous prayers, the malevolent spirit finally went away. This legend probably began like most, to scare children into staying close by their parents' side, but has grown into a story that people of all ages love to tell. Many versions of the sama story can be found online anywhere from Reddit to YouTube. Resident Evil fans will be familiar with Lady Alcina Dimitrescu from Resident Evil 8, also known as Resident Evil Village. The main antagonist of this survival horror game, the character seems to have been influenced by the sama legend. Although sama has not made any major debuts in pop culture, with her creepy factor, she is sure to find her way to the spotlight soon. Hachi sama has all the right ingredients to make up a perfect nightmare. She stalks her victims during the day and night. She is relentless with her intentions that are obviously evil. She is a terrifying sight with her pale skin and towering height. The worst part is that in no story is there a way mentioned to permanently escape her grasp. Even the aforementioned story, she continued to chase the boy. Even if you think you have found a way to escape her, she will find you, whether it is months or even years down the road. I woke up that morning to my father's voice calling out to me. I slowly opened my eyes as his familiar face came into view. His hair was disheveled, and there were dark circles under his eyes as if he hadn't gotten a wink of sleep. I began to recall the events from last night, all of it coming back to me, rushing into my head like a strong gust of wind. My father begins to ask me questions about last night, and I explain to him what happened. Father has a big imagination. So instead of denying it all and telling me that it was a dream, he says he believes me. I feel relieved now. Maybe with father on my side, that tall lady will be too scared to come back. Later, I found out that I was wrong. Standing in plain sight right next to a large tree was that same woman. She was far from where I was but I could still faintly hear her repeat that terrible sound.
2: Po, 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 po.
0: I was surrounded by friends and family for my birthday party that took place right outside in our backyard. I tried to ignore her as best as I could. I held my grandmother's hand tightly as she spoke to my father about adult things like his job and the next book he was writing. She gently tugged me closer when she noticed me trembling and asked me if I was all right, and I shook my head. I pointed to the trees where the woman stood. She's back. The tall, scary woman is back. I buried my face into my grandmother's shoulder and squeezed my eyes shut. She shushed me and patted my hair. She reassured me that there was no woman and no one was going to take her little boy away. But that wasn't true. The woman stood in the same exact spot, still repeating the same sound, over and over. My head was starting to hurt. She never moved an inch. Not once. Later, as our guests started to leave our house and say their goodbyes, I turned back towards the trees and noticed that the woman was finally gone i sighed in relief that was until i turned around the sudden sight right in front of me had my heart pounding in my chest she towered over me standing not even a foot away from me the sound was loud now it felt like my ears would burst and my head would explode
2: po 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 po
0: I crouched down and put my hands over my ears, holding them there tightly in an attempt to get rid of that demonic noise still pounding its way into my head. I began to scream in pain instead of fear. It was agonizing. Just as it felt like my ears would begin to bleed, her laughter stopped abruptly. I was terrified to look up to check if she was still there. My hands shake at the thought that she could still be standing right in front of me, smiling down at me with that eerie grin. I heard my father's voice call out to me and I opened my eyes. I looked up and to my surprise she was gone. My father was rushing towards me from the back door. He fell to his knees and embraced me in his warm and welcoming arms. He asked me tons of questions like, Are you alright? And are you hurt? But all I could do was cry into his shoulder. The next day, Father again looked like he hadn't slept at all last night. He had told me and my sister that we could make a blanket fort to sleep inside his room. Before I'd fallen asleep, I noticed him typing away on his computer, almost like he was desperately looking for something. I thought about this the next morning as I ate my rice quietly. My sister doesn't have a single clue of what's going on. She's just her usual cheerful self, giggling and playing with her food. My father scolded her lightly and told her to eat. I hope this tall woman doesn't go after my sister. Father looked at me and told me he wanted to speak with me before I went outside to play with my sister, He told me he did a search about what I had been seeing, and he gave me her name. He said she was a demon who takes a liking to certain kids and takes them away after a few days. As he tells me this, my eyes begin to tear up in horror. But father reassured me he wasn't going to let her take me away. He said that he would call Amiko to our home. Amiko can be seen as a shaman in Japan, my father told me but I only ever thought that they'd been seen as such back in the Sengoku period. I sit on my swing as I watch my little sister pick flowers in the tall grass and put them in her little pink bucket. She laughs and runs to another batch, her red sundress covered in dirt. After she grabs as many from the spot as she can, she runs to the tree line and grabs a large white flower, way bigger than all the other ones she had picked. Just as she bends down to grab it, a large figure appears behind the tree. My eyes widen and my heart skips a beat. Ichika! I yell out to my sister, jumping down from my swing and dashing towards her. She looks up at me and screams, giggling and running away from me, most likely thinking I was trying to play with her. She ran further into the woods and I pushed myself as fast as I could, trying to catch up. I stopped right before the tree line as I made eye contact with her. Hachi sama I begin to feel nauseous when her smile widens and she steps aside, disappearing behind the tree. I gulp and slowly approach the tree, quickly peeking behind it only to find that she is no longer there. I run into the woods, searching through the trees and brush in search of my sister who must be hiding somewhere. As I pass another large tree, I hear giggling, but it's strange. I hear it coming from my left and from my right. To my right, I hear a high-pitched, heartwarming giggle, and on the ground was a small purple flower, like the ones Ichika had been putting in her bucket earlier. To my left is that same giggle, but something about it is off. It is just like the time I heard my mother's voice outside my window. It's my sister's voice, but something about it, I know that it isn't her. On the ground in that direction lays the large white flower. For some reason, as I walked in the direction to the right, I watched the white flower, As I grow further and further away from the flower, the more it begins to wither slowly. Staring down at it fills my mind and stomach with dread, but I keep my eyes locked onto the withering flower as I back away from it. I pass a tree as I back away, and behind that very tree is my little sister, crouched down on the ground with a wide smile on her face. She jumps and hugs me, but I immediately grab her by the wrist and drag her away from the woods. Ichiro! Ichika! I hear my father's voice call out to me worriedly up ahead. I hear my sister complain about how quickly I'm dragging her away. But I can't slow down. I don't want her to have anything to do with that demon. I yell out to my father as we reach the end of the trees. We run up to him and he pulls us into his arms, asking if we are all right. Ichika begins to ramble on about how I was acting strangely and how I made her leave her favorite bucket behind. Father reassured her that he would retrieve her bucket tomorrow. I then notice a young woman standing confidently beside my father. Her presence is strong and reassuring. She must be the Miko. She wore a white kosid with a pair of red hakama and her hair was pulled back into red and white ribbons. That was the traditional attire of Amiko. She introduced herself as Atsuko. Father leads Atsuko and I to the kitchen and dismisses Ichika to her room for the evening. It is getting late after all. Atsuko proceeds to explain the situation telling me that Hachishaku-sama is a demon who abducts children. Then she begins to explain the materials that we'll need. Paper to cover each window in my room, four small bowls of salt that will be placed in each corner, and a Buddha that will be placed in the center of the room. After she explains, we head to my room and prepare. I help father stick the newspaper that he had laying around in his office over the only window in my room, Atsuko fills the four bowls with salt and places one in each corner. Then she quietly leaves the room. Coming back moments later with the small Buddha statue, she sits it down in the middle of the room. I could tell from the light in the window behind the newspapers that the sun was beginning to set, and Atsuko approaches me with a bucket and a crumpled piece of parchment. She sets the bucket on the floor next to my bed, and hands me the crumpled piece of parchment. Do not let go of this, she says, standing back and motioning towards the bucket letting me know that I could use it if I needed to use the bathroom. She begins to explain that I am to stay in my room until 7 in the morning. I must not leave no matter what, not for anything at all. I nod and I take a deep breath before letting out a long exhale. This was going to be a long night. My father gives me a big hug before the two of them leave the room. I try for hours to sleep, but the singing outside my window keeps my eyes wide open. I grasp the parchment in my hand, and I feel my teeth begin to chatter. I felt like I was going to vomit. Mother was back to her old habits of singing me to sleep at bedtime. Or should I say... Hachi Shaku sama. I hear a loud screeching noise outside the window, like she had taken her nails and dragged them across the glass. Afterwards, letting out that nasty laugh.
2: Po 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 po. po.
0: I cover my head with my blanket and I clench my fist around the parchment leaving a gap in the blanket to peek out at the Buddha statue so I could pray. The screeching is replaced with a pounding as her laughter begins to get more aggressive, like she was eager to get inside right now. I squeeze my eyes shut and I fill them well up with tears. That is until the pounding stops and everything is dead silent. I raise my head out from under the covers and look around the room. Everything remains the same. I look towards the window and I see no changes. A soft knock can suddenly be heard, and I jump slightly at the sound. Ichiro, what was that noise? Are you okay? I'm scared. Can I sleep with you? Ichika's voice calls out to me from behind the door. I exhale in relief and step off my bed, rushing towards the door and swinging it open. It's okay, Ichika. Your brother is here, I say as I open the door, getting ready to move in for a hug. But the sight in front of me makes my heart sink down to my stomach. My eyes widen and tears start to pour down my face. I try to scream but my throat is caught, tightened from the crying. Her long black hair lays over her shoulders as she reaches her hand out to me. Her hat hangs over her eyes, creating an eerie shade across her pale face, her dress flowing in a slight breeze from the hallway. The light around me begins to darken. Everything was beginning to turn black. I'm losing consciousness. The last thing I hear before reaching eternal darkness is that dreadful laugh cutting through my ears like knives.
2: Po, po 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 po.
0: Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Unexplained Encounters and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next week as we talk about the Togoloshi, a creature of South African legend that will sneak up on you while you sleep. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.